Good morning, ABC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Alexia Christian. Listen, imagine, and melt into Alexia's rock messages of single life, reality, love, loss, and dreams. A rising D.C. Metro vocalist, she is proud to release her third album for singles only. Alexia embraced a captivating love for music in numerous youth choirs, then quickly ascended to private voice instruction. She launched her rock debut as a singer in Sherwood High School's Rock and Roll Revival, the longest-running show in MOCO. There, her passion for classic rock ignited. Simultaneously, as a soprano in Sherwood's Chamber Choir, Alexia journeyed through England and Ireland performing in cathedrals and venues. A graduate of Shippensburg University and sustaining member of Magical Singers, Alexia gained momentum and versatility performing in statewide venues. All the while, she arduously trained and performed as a rock singer. What sets Alexia apart is her strong, versatile voice, work ethic, and nothing to lose attitude. Whether you're single or not, these songs have a compelling message for you. Alexia, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Corey? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. So... What was it that, did you get started uh, in uh, music as a child? What really started it for all for you? Well, my parents put me in private vocal lessons as a child, and I just really took off with that. I loved it so much, and that was really a pivotal point for me that I wanted to become a singer and a songwriter. So at what point did you start uh, making your own songs, or you pick up a guitar, or...? Yeah, so I started singing at a very young age of eight years old, and then when I turned 10, I started writing my first songs in 2004, and I just loved it and grew and evolved through then. I started as a rock singer, and then I integrated into pop um, in my later 20s, and I, I really like both the genres a lot. How, do you, how, how have you seen your music writing skills grow? Because writing as an eight or a 10-year-old and then now as an older <laughs> adult, surely must be different. Yeah, it evolves quite greatly throughout the time period. It's just cool with, I write through um, personal experiences. So, and those experiences change and evolve throughout your life, whether it's um, relationships, friendships, uh, travel is very inspiring. Mm -hmm. I, I love writing about travel and being in new places. I write through my imagination a lot of times too, where I make stuff up. And I just try to keep a very open and clear mind to writing. So when was the first time you actually performed a song for, for other people? That was probably when I was 18 years old. I began performing as a solo artist. So I've been um, performing solo for about 10 years. Did you ever feel nervous? or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally did. Yeah. I had to completely get over the nerves for sure. But, you know, I really wanted to be a performer. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just fight through it and just keep rocking with it. So at what point did you think that, oh, this is something I wouldn't want to do forever or I can do forever? Did you go to school for music or? I studied um, vocal performance in college with, um, I was in madrigals and concert choir in at Shippensburg University, but I was an art major as well. So I studied photography, digital art, and Photoshop. So that was um, my major that I really liked, and it's it, it was such a great experience because uh, you can be able to design cover art with mm -hmm. those skills. So it's really important to have those graphic skills as a musician. Absolutely. That's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It, it's challenging for sure. So you go to college, you graduate, you decide this maybe is a full-time thing. Uh, you also teach. Yep, I'm a music teacher. Yep, I've been teaching music for about four years. This is my fourth year teaching. I'm Now I'm in private schools and I teach private vocal, guitar, vocal, ukulele lessons and it's really fun. What do you think is one of the most challenging aspects of teaching? That's a great question. Um, definitely learning a bunch of different songs, <laughs> for sure. You, it develops your repertoire a lot and just kind of getting to know the students and working with all different kinds of ages and being very adaptable. Do you think it was hard for you to step into, into the teaching role or did that come naturally to you? It was pretty natural for me. I just kind of fell into it 
right out of college, which was kind of interesting. That's good. Who do you think is your favorite uh, group to teach? Great question. I, I like working with everybody, but I like ages nine and up. And I like working with the high school kids because then you can be like a mentor to them. And I like teaching adults, too, because then you have that you develop that adult rapport, you know, and you can kind of delve into more of the intricate parts of the music. I must say having teaching adults is, is something more because you can actually kind of hold a conversation a little bit. Yeah, you you can definitely on a collegiate level <laughs> <laughs> or past that point too. Yeah, and you can kind of joke around and it's right. fun. You know, you just have fun with them and do it for the love. You've also uh, so you're speaking about traveling around the world or, tra- or getting inspiration by traveling. You've also traveled to Ireland and England. What for? Yeah, so in high school, our chambers choir got to tour in England and Ireland, and we sang in a lot of churches, so that was a cool traveling, touring experience. What was the most memorable thing from your travels, do you think? Great question. Uh, When I went to London with the choir in 2013, I went to Camden Town in London, and it's this super artsy town, and it's just like, got rock clubs all down the strip of that town and a bunch of cool punk shops. So I got these like really cool punk rock pants that look like Avril Lavigne style and then like a black tote bag with a bunch of chains on it. It's just super rock and roll. And to this day, I still wear the screw earring that I got from England and it's like, it's right here. So it's kind of fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, did you like Ireland better or England, do you think? I like them both, but I would have to say London because it's really, really rock and roll. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to London. I'll get there eventually. What songs do you think have come out of that, if any? I wrote one song called London Time. I didn't release it, but it's kind of fun. Like You're, you're on a different European time length. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like... It's, pretty a different language almost even though it's still english yeah it's still but it's different it's there's a few english and irish people over here that i get to hang out with and it's like sorry what what are you saying to me yeah the um (laughs) accent's a little bit different it's unique yeah what do you think was the most best advice you were given during your college career that's a great question I don't know. In college, I I got slammed a lot in the art program. It, it was really hardcore, mm. so it was a pretty big fight that I had to get through. But tell me about it. slammed in what ways? Yeah, um, just like professors being super hard on all the students, um, and just being very critical. Mm. So, I guess getting past the criticism is really important. Like. It's so hard not to take it seriously, but you kind of just have to think about it in a way that, okay, the professor is telling me, you know, what I need to do to improve so that I can get through it, not to hurt my feelings, you know, in that part. But, you know, in, in my case, they, they were trying to hurt us, you know, for sure. So wow. it, it, it was rough, but. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Yeah, it, it was it was really a big challenge. Did you ever have a problem taking criticism or? It depends. Um, Not entirely, but, you know, I would say if you're saying it in an unkind way, then, yeah, I'll have a problem for sure. But if you're just telling me, you know, hey, you could do this and this better, then, you know, in a light, polite way, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'll consider it. (laughs) Whenever I have a criticism, it's always the, uh, like the sandwich. You compliment them first. However, this could be fixed as well. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's like the constructive criticism. Nice thing, mm. bad thing, or Im- improved thing, whatever. Right. Because so, you clearly have a versatile voice and a strong work ethic. You've been powering through for a long time. What what, what was, do you think, your signif- most significant um, accomplishment as a vocalist so far, do you think? That's a great question. I think... Um, Developing my range has been a great thing for me to um, evolve with um, just by working with um, different notes and expanding your range. 
Like now I can hit um, a lot of really high rock notes and it's just really awesome to see the growth and the evolution of the voice. And if you're willing to work hard, then you know, you can hit those really extractive notes. How did you work your way up there? Was there a, a way you did that? I assume so. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of vocal training, which has been very beneficial. But if you work at vocal warm-ups every day mm. and just um, pushing yourself by um, practicing more challenging songs, then that can help too. And a lot of it is writing um, challenging notes to hit because I often do that. I'm like, you know, I really want to, you know, expand my range by giving myself a challenge. And I think I really did that with this album of for singles only. I really expanded those notes and stuff like that. Let's talk about that album. <laughs> yeah. What's So it's for singles only. Why? Why? Well, it's all about being single. So, you know, I've had a lot of those moments where I've been single a lot and I write about those experiences and I think a lot of people can connect with those. Like the first song off of the album is called Second Thoughts and I think everybody has had second thoughts about somebody before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when I play that one live, a lot of people like it. Um, 100 is really cool. It's the second song. It's it's very rock. It's like a, a power rock anthem where it's like you're not taking any crap from people and and you're telling the guy off and I say um and show me some chivalry you know because <laughs> that's an important thing for right. people to have <laughs> so did you you've been uh how many songs are on the album that's an EP so it's a okay. six track how long did it take you do you think I would say like a year I recorded that album during covid so it was mm. great to have that extra time that i really liked so i could really just like bang it out so these are all random around the same time they're not just pick and chosen from your i don't know if you have a book of songs but yeah i have a couple books of songs <laughs> so these were all written i think between 2019 to 2020 so they were all written like within, within that, yeah, around the same time. And this is—is is this your first album or is this third? Third album. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your first albums. Yeah, the first album is totally sold out. It's called um, "Shadows Turn to Reality," and that was a four-track EP. So that was a very fun concept that came out in 2014. And I had my cousins from Greece record on that album. They recorded drums, which was really cool. And I, I recorded that when I was 18, so I was really young at the time. And then my second album was called Nothing to Lose, and I recorded that. Hence the Nothing to Lose attitude. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing to Lose attitude. That's right. Yeah, and that was recorded when I was at Shippensburg University in college. Do you ever look back at your songs and you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> not really i think um every album has a cool stage to it and a growth process and i think it's just great to see that growth good do you have a, another album planning or are you started writing another album or oh yeah definitely yeah all of my singles are going to be on the next album coming up gotcha yeah so we actually have one of your songs from for singles only called Single Life. Let's talk about it. Sure. It's all about the single life. <laughs> so it starts off with, I just want to see what's up tonight. And that's kind of a popular millennial phrase that a lot of people use. Um, I wrote the song during COVID and... <laughs> so yeah. Really, what is going on tonight, if anything? Yeah, what is going on tonight? It's, it's just about, you know, like being single. And, you know, there's there's always like a guy in your life that's just, it's not really working. So you're mm. just trying to kind of get out of that situation. And it's just kind of like, I want to be single and be free. And I think a lot of people kind of downplay the single life. You know, I think it should be fun and happy and a great time in your life because you're not stuck. 
with the wrong person. I mean, if you are with the right person, that's great. Right. You know, but if you're not, then it's, not so great. it's just better to be single and just get into your own zone with your career, your passions, do what you want, you know, work on yourself. And that's what that song is all about, just working on yourself. So this is Single Life by Alexia Christian. I just want to see what's up tonight. Yeah, I just want to see what's up tonight. I miss my old life, the young times, the way I used to be. We're staring down at our devices. was single life by Alexia Christian so did you write the music to that yourself or did you have somebody help you I did I wrote all of the music it's really fun for me what is some of the so do you ever find yourself limited by your own talent or your own or the so for example there are people talented way more talented than I could but I want to write music like that you have ever had that Mm -hmm. problem not really no (laughs) Oh, good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, well, so since this is a pop song, it's right, it's, it, very it's a little bit different from what I have written, but I've written all the pop songs on guitar starting mm. off. So it always starts with an organic process. So it's just vocals, just guitar. And then I brought it to my producer and I was like, I want you to infiltrate some pop techniques and add those in. So that part, I don't do that. I think that's something that, you know, doesn't really happen for me. No, not really. Like, but I um, composed the lead guitar Mm. for that song. And that's really fun for me to kind of compose leads and riffs and infiltrate that into the song and make it like all these ambient tones. What were the pop techniques that your producer was talking about? So he added a lot of layers of harmonies, like kind of different like radio techniques of the harmonies. And he added um, some kind of synthetic, um, the synth piano tones to it. And and then the drums as well. And there's like always a beat in the back of it too. So so he kind of does like the beat work. (laughs) So you have um, 
based off of this single, or is it based off this EP? You have another single coming out, Man in My Mind. Yeah. Talk about that. Is that because that's an, that's an old one of your older songs that you're bringing to light? Yeah. So I wrote that song in 2017 when I went to Shippensburg University, and I've been performing it live for years, and a lot of people asked about it. I got great responses from it because they could really connect with it. And the tagline of the song is, I guess I'll be buying my own drinks at the bar tonight. <laughs> and then it's, and then I say, I guess I'll be buying my own drinks at the bar tonight. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. You know, like, I'm strong and I don't need anybody else to back me up. That type of thing. So there is no man in your mind, or is it? <laughs> Which way does it go? Is it, is it you're thinking so, of a guy, or is it is you're, you're imagining a guy, or is there an actual physical guy that's like, I wish I was with him, or? Well, I was in a relationship when I wrote the song, and... In the chorus, I say, why can't you be the man in my mind? Why can't you be the man inside? Mm. So it's like, you know, they just, there's not really a whole lot there. It's just, I'm searching and searching, but there, there's n- nothing not. like underneath the surface. Right. So, so it's like, you know, they weren't really the man in my mind. And gotcha. it's just interesting how history repeats itself <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> So this isn't a chosen path for you. This is just how it is. Yeah, this is literally how it is. So, you know, it just, it it depends on the person, you know? So that's why I've chosen this theme of single life. So if you're single, then you should enjoy it, you know, embrace it. Do what you love. And if anything, it's going to be temporary. The best way to get into a good relationship is to work on yourself because that's going to attract other people. Exactly. Yeah. And attract like-minded people, too, not just Mm -hmm. whoever, oh, that guy's pretty. I want him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there's got to be a lot more than that. A lot more than that. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. (laughs) You talk about performing. What goes for you into a performance? A lot. There's a lot of preparation behind it. You have to um, get 36 songs under your belt, which Mm. is... A lot, but I've been doing that for a long time. So it's really fun for me to incorporate a lot of new pop songs, classic rock, and originals. And you're usually a solo act, right? Yeah, I'm totally solo. I was in a band um, from 2019 to 2020-ish, two different bands, but that were in Maryland. And then I moved to PA and became solo again. (laughs) Single life in many ways. (laughs) Exactly. Would you ever want to do a band, or was that too much, do you think? I think it's challenging to find the time, but, mm. <laughs> um, but you know, never say never. I love collaborating with other musicians and working on different projects. I recorded some harmony vocals for Tommy B, um, and he's a solo musician in the Carlisle area. I recorded harmonies for his album about a month ago and that was really fun so collaborating is always a must honestly truly who do you think is one of the most fun musicians or interesting musicians that you've been able to meet or play with so far oh that's a great question oh i've met a lot of cool people in pa i just i love the music scene i think brett g rudder he's really cool i met him at the bird's nest open mic in carlisle He's great. Um, Brandon Valentine, he's really cool. I met him at the HMAC open mic. Yeah, and I love that organization that he runs, Central PA Music Hall of Fame. That's awesome. And the whole thing about his last name. And do you know that? He was born on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's super cool. Very (laughs) unique. (laughs) He'll be on uh, this Tuesday or Wednesday uh, on this podcast. That's awesome. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, it's it's incredible the amount of uh, musicians and the amount of cool musicians around here. Um, what was did the scene change at all for you from being in Maryland? Uh, you say Montgomery County, right? That's a where, yeah. where in Maryland is that? That's in Rockville. Rockville. Yeah, it's like an hour outside of DC, okay. which is cool. Like before COVID, it was great, but once COVID hit, oof, a lot of places that I played at closed, and it it just changed a lot, but. I think the PA music scene is honestly better here. Sorry, Maryland people, but PA is a lot better. <laughs> I, 
I would have to agree. Yeah. Unless you're like in the DC area, <laughs> then because there's a million and five musicians in the DC area. But yeah, <laughs> Lancaster, you could go 50 miles, and, and there's like complete like you can go from there's Lancaster, there's a Lancaster music scene, there's the Reading music scene, there's the York music scene, there's like the Harrisburg mm-hmm. music scene, and it's all interconnected and interwoven, and, it, and it's all accessible. Exactly. So. What is, if you could encourage anybody or give advice to anybody who wants to go out and perform, what would it be? Great question. I think that if you want to become a solo artist, um, a great way to improve your voice is to do a lot of vocal warm-ups every day. Like, do that before you start prepping for your songs because then it gets your voice ready and stronger and ready to hit those songs and go head on with it. What do you think is your favorite vocal warm-up? <laughs> what do you want me to demo? <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, probably um, Mamma Mia. That's a good one. <laughs> That's I, uh, we, we had a similar one as a kid. It was Mamma Mia, me, mesh my M&Ms. Oh my, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always been a favorite one of mine. Yeah, but you're right. Like even just like humming or or doing whatever, just mm-hmm. make sure your voice is warm before you go in something. Like people, uh, I even do it for the podcast too, it, because oh, you, yeah. you kind of have to. If you're going to any speaking arrangement, you should prepare your voice, get it used to speaking because it's something that needs to be warmed up. People don't think about that, mm-hmm. but if if you've tried to talk to anybody in the morning, you know. Absolutely. You're not talking, right? Yeah. You just have to, even if it's been a long day, point, case in point, if it's been a long day, you use the voice too much, maybe you need to warm it up to stress release, right? Mm -hmm. It's super important as a performer to keep keep your voice in check and in control. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially if you're doing a show, then you want to do those warm-ups prior and not just go in cold because it could just be a disaster and it can really ruin your voice yeah it can it's just like a workout you gotta stretch your muscles before you work or else you're gonna break them also water is important absolutely (laughs) have plenty of water what do you think is the funniest thing or worst thing that ever happened to you while performing oh i've had people um ask me this question before (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, there's always something unexpected that happens at a show, whether you're inside or outside. But in my case, during COVID of 2020, I was inside a tent performing at a brewery and it was raining outside. So the rain was seeping into the tent. Luckily, my equipment didn't get ruined. But then there was a spider that like oh, no. was just <laughs> streaking down and he like just plopped on my mic and I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep singing. All right, keep going. You know, the show must go on. <laughs> you know. Did you panic at all or did you just No, not at all, and I'm deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah, no, spiders <laughs> are not fun. Um yeah. at all. But you've never had like a string bro- break or your it's not wood guitar strap strap fall off i'll just say yes (laughs) i'll just say yes so it doesn't happen no i have had the strap come off like right after a song luckily but you catch it right yeah i caught it yeah i have quick reflexes you got to be real on it man honestly like even even for sometimes uh or one time my you know i'm in a bar and you know people are walking around sometimes they nudge my piano and whoop there it goes Gotta catch it yep. and keep playing, just like nothing happened. And it's you gotta have these reflexes that most people probably wouldn't have. Exactly. So, what do you think has been your favorite venue to play at? Ooh, I would probably say the dive bar in DC was really fun because they had a lot of famous people performed there mm-hmm. prior like Emmylou Harris and Bob Dylan Van Morrison it was just a real iconic joint and that was fun but let me see if I can remember a PA venue because there's so many great places in PA I really liked playing at Molly Pitcher Brewery in Carlisle 
They have a lot of great places in Carlisle to perform at. It's very artsy. It is um, very artsy. Yeah. Oh, and Recordsmith is really cool in Mechanicsburg. That's a great place for artists, especially original artists to perform at, because the guy Paul Smith, he really likes um, original singers. For any of you guys listening out there, if you want to play there. I was going to say, it's better for bars for you to play original music anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's just the same thing, different day. Same thing, different day, and then all the ASCAP stuff that they have to deal with and everything else. Yeah. So, what's one venue that you've always wanted to perform at? Ah, so many. Jam and Java in Virginia. They have original singers perform there. It's just kind of a hike, but cool place. Yeah, the Grand Ole Opry is a hike, but I like to perform there too, you know? There you go. Yeah, got to play there for sure in Madison Square Garden. Right, of course. All the <laughs> all the famous spots. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. That's, that's interesting. I've always wanted to perform at a, at a beach, I think. At a beach? At a beach. Nice. At a beach venue. Yeah, that would be fun for sure. It would be so much fun. Because everyone's there to party anyway. What do you do for audiences? Have you ever had to perform for a lackluster audience or a, a non-existent audience? And what do you do? How do you treat that? I think you just treat it like a regular show. Mm. No matter who's in the crowd, you just got to try to rock it. You know, if you need to make an adjustment to the set list, like play something a little more upbeat that people might like, like more radio airplay song then i would say just switch it up with that um, i try to play a lot of really upbeat stuff that the crowd's gonna like like x's and o's by ellie king people mm -hmm. have a great response to that um radioactive people really like that one titanium by david guada and see the range for that yeah yeah wow. it's, it's got that That's incredible like, high voice yeah well i sing it in head voice so Right, of course. I think anybody would have to. Yeah, yeah. See, it's a hard belt. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not that challenging though. If you oh, just okay. like, if you practice it. Of a course, bit. it all comes down to <laughs> practice, doesn't it? Yeah, just training that voice for sure. Do you think you want to get in, more into pop or more into rock? Great question. I think for now, I'm kind of in between, mm. and just. I don't know. I'm writing in a lot of different genres right now, which I think is interesting. Like, it's just very different on the scope. Like, one month I'm writing a rock song, another month it's pop, another month it's like a Christian song, you know? I, I think the next song I'm going to um, record is going to be kind of like a, a Christian song. So, speaking about Christian. How does how do you think your faith impacts the the work you do or the people you surround yourself with? Because mm -hmm. in the music industry, as people can know, it can be a very unchristlike place. Yeah, it it really can be. Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, I think that my faith is totally impactful on what I'm doing because that i mean that's really where it all came from it just it totally came from god it wasn't me as a person it was all through him like god gave me that gift to write songs and to sing and yeah it's just it's been a really beautiful process have you ever had to say no because or does does your faith impact the paces sorry does your Faith impact the places you play because of, oh, they're that kind of place or, oh, they're this kind of person that runs it or. Not really, honestly. I haven't been in any of those situations. I mean, I'm not technically a Christian singer, so. Right. You know, I mean, I do play like One of Us by Joan Osborne, you know. Mm -hmm. What if God was one of us? I really like that song a lot. That's a super fun song. And then I, I play another song by uh, Francesca Battistelli, He Knows My Name. Mm -hmm. I like that one a lot. So, I, I mean, I think it's cool if you can kind of integrate all that. If if it's something that you like, you know. Do you have to choose different songs based off your faith as well? Or do you like, oh, this song says this bad word or this song talks about this bad thing or highlights this oh, bad thing? Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. If. If there are songs that say, like, the Lord's name in vain, it's just, like, hell no. 
you know, I just, you know, I don't like any of that stuff. I just think it's really disrespectful. So, you know, I'm not willing to like disrespect God with with that and stuff. You know, I just, I, I don't want to sing it, you know. Oh, no, it's a good thing. It's a yeah. thing people don't think about. It's like, yeah. I, I know so many Christian artists that will do whatever because it's whatever. Right. But people don't think, oh, wait, I probably shouldn't do that. It's probably not the best thing for me to do as a Christian. Uh, especially as we're in a place where unchristlike things happen. You're in a bar. You are, you know, yeah. singing to a bunch of people who are getting drunk. This is a funny <laughs> story of, well, yeah, that's, that's the case, right? Right. There's a, a funny story of the people who I've had on the past. Shout out to Matt and Carol Frigham from Sweet Life Music. Uh, the bars didn't like them because they got people to stop drinking. Oh god! Uh, not That's not funny. yeah. Well, not, they didn't go up to him and like stop drinking. They, just right. the song that the songs they played just oh, the songs they played. They, well, they you know <laughs> the people automatically just didn't they stopped buying drinks. So they just didn't like the the group, which I thought was hilarious mm-hmm. and kind of it's great in one way. Um, kind of sad that you know the bars. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. So, where do you see yourself going? Like five years, where do you see yourself? Hmm. You know, right now I'm just kind of living for today, but, mm. but you know, I mean, I see myself growing and evolving as a musician in a lot of different ways. I'd like to see myself maybe get into Christian rock, evolve as a music teacher, have another album or two out travel the world and perform i have a lot of goals for sure that's a good thing to have goals yeah especially as a musician because the the industry is so unpredictable yeah right you have to have it is some like for example covid who thought that was ever going to happen right where the whole Uh, entire music industry shuts down for one or one one in a a half years or so yeah how'd you deal with that It was tough. Oh, my gosh. Like, we had to teach kids online, and I would be teaching five-year-olds online. It's just like, how do you transfer this information properly to these kids? How do you hold their attention, nonetheless? Exactly. So, you know, some days it was more of like a music therapy lesson. And, Mm -hmm. hey, that's cool, you know. But, yeah, it was very isolating. I think most of us don't really like that isolation because I'm a very people person. I like you know, communicating and having a positive impact on people and healing through music and that type of thing and meeting different people all the time. So I'm so glad that we're finally in more of a normal state. What do you think is the most memorable lesson you've ever learned in regards to music, in regards to teaching, Memorable lesson. I would say that you kind of have to work with people who, you know, are are positive. And if it's kind of hard to break through to them, then you you still have to keep trying because they're, they're a student. They came to you for a special reason. And, you know, even if they you know, semi can't do something, you still have to work with them. And it's a great teach tool for teachers to try to become a better teacher because you never give up on your kids. Never. Whether it's your own kids or you're teaching to them. Yeah, no, it, you're right. Uh, it's viewed as a more of a challenge, not as a, a chore. Yeah, right? Cause exactly. Once, once you start treating it as a chore, then the kid isn't going to like you, isn't going to like being taught isn't going to like blah, 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 and they're going to get left out. Right, exactly. And even if you just kind of compliment them a little bit and just, you know, even if they don't do it totally the way it's supposed to be, you know, it's like that's okay. You know, it's part of music, music therapy, the love for it, the developmental skills. Yeah, every time, um, I hate doing the trash. I, I hate it. Um, but every every single time I I would do it even if I if I did it out of pettiness, yeah. <laughs> it would be like good job, man, and it it and uh, it encouraged me to do better next time for sure. Right. Um, and that's sometimes what you have to do with kids is uh, I teach children how to swim 
Um, and sometimes people hate water for whatever reason. Uh, but even if they do it half right, I'll I'll give it to, I'll give it to them. Or if they do something that's good, I'll find the nugget of the good thing and say, "Good job!" Blah, 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 blah. Go ahead and climb it out, whatever. And it, it, it you can see it on their faces. They they're uh, they're confused, but they're also happy. <laughs> like, oh, I can do something, or I did something. Yay! What do you think is the most challenging part of being a teacher besides uh, what you just mentioned, trying trying to find the different challenges and move around that? Mm-hmm. One challenge is learning how to read music, honestly. I've been doing a lot of research with famous artists who do not read music. Like, hmm. for instance, the Beatles did not read music. They went all based off of feel. Wow. And I think that's really interesting because they are like my favorite band. Like, most... I love the Beatles. And Prince, he didn't read music either. Really? He did not read music. Wow. I looked it up yesterday. Uh, Carrie Underwood doesn't read music. Um, Taylor Swift doesn't. Really? They Yeah. Like most people, they just go like chord based. You right, know, they, they learn the chords. And or, you know, if you're like a solo or like a guitar soloist, like Eddie Van Halen, he didn't read. Um, Jimi Hendrix didn't read. They just figured it out. But they had that like within them. Right. You know, so they could really just let it out for sure. Um, But, you know, for me, for instance, I don't really read music per se. Like I know how to read it, but it's not on like a college level. Of course. You know, but. You know, I, I teach it to a certain degree, like like from a basic level, like a beginner level. So that's kind of a challenge, I would say. And I'll bet a lot of other musicians feel that way, too. But, you know, it's kind of interesting to see both sides of it. Whether you read or not, it really doesn't matter because you can be totally intelligent and compose all these really beautiful and um, intricate songs and not read music. And if you have that skill, same rule applies for sure. And it's it's there's benefits to both. For example, yeah. people who who I know who don't know how to write music or just go off feeling, uh, to somebody who's been, you know, I went to college for music composition. I see some of the songs like that doesn't make sense, but it works, and I hate that. Yeah, exactly. But it, it works, and it's great. Not and I say I hate it because it's like it's not sure where. It's not how it's supposed to go, but um, it's great. And honestly, I think sometimes if you learn how, if you are at a collegiate level of learning, sometimes it's a limit because you only yeah. think in these certain ways. Four only goes to five. Two, you know, five only goes to one. Right. Right. Uh, like those kind of things. There's, this is only the chord progression that you can do. You can't have a single song that goes, you know, one two, one, two, over and over again. But yeah. there are great songs that do that. Mm-hmm. There are songs that make no sense uh, or little sense in their chord progressions that are amazing because it just it just felt right to them. Mm-hmm. And so I said there's two arguments to that, right? Either do it based off feeling or learn, or, or learn right? Mm-hmm. But I would agree with you. If you're going to teach, you kind of have to learn how to read music. Yeah, you do. It's part of it. You do, for sure. Did you ever grow up learning music, or did you just do it based off feeling as well? Kind of both. Like, I learned how to read music in my private vocal lessons and when I was in choirs throughout my whole life. But, you know, I would just pick up melodies automatically. So that was really easy for me, honestly. So I didn't have to work hard to try to read the music. I didn't really learn how to read it. I would just go based off of feeling, you know, because the because finding the vocal notes for me is really intuitive. Gotcha. That was something I always did. Did you ever have this phenomenon whenever you listen to a song and you you didn't know the song, but you could just follow the melody and sing along anyway? Yeah, exactly. That was a superpower of mine that I could do mm-hmm. <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. So we have another one of your singles from your. Uh, it's a. Whoa, what was it called? Sing it. 
Oh, for singles only. For singles only, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah this is the 100 song. Tell me about that one. <laughs> it's a rocker. This song is all about being strong and moving on from the wrong relationship. Is yeah. this from an experience or is this? Yeah, okay. it, it totally is. So the chorus goes, I deserve a man who would walk 100 miles for me. Then I say towards the end of the chorus and show me some chivalry. Mm-hmm. And this is 100 by Alexia Christian. That was 100 by Alexia Christian. Where can people find you? You can find me on all streaming platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere where you listen. And you have a few gigs coming up. Yeah, I have a lot coming up. I'm really excited. You want to shout some out? Sure. I have one at JoJo's Pizza in Mechanicsburg at the Upper Allen location this Tuesday from 7 to 9. And next week I'll also be at Tommy Joe's in Bethesda, Maryland. That's Saturday the 17th, 7 to 10. I'll also be at Harvest of the Arts Fest in Carlisle Mm. on the 24th, 3 to 5. And then that Sunday the 25th. Last show of the month, I'll be at Harrisburg Beach Club, 2 to 5. That's a fun spot. 
Rock on. Yeah, I went there once. I really like it. I went, I, I've been there once. I didn't have the greatest experience because uh, it's right on the river and there's a lot of bugs. Yeah. But it's a great, it, not to knock uh, the beach club at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great spot, great food. However, the bugs were just too much. And it, we were playing and uh, there were so many bugs that every uh-huh. time I played the piano, I would squish a bug. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not fun. But... Oh, did you have a gig there? Oh, yeah, we had a gig there, yes. Yeah, we had nice. a gig there. Was that solo or with band? Uh, with, with a band. Um, nice. But uh, it, like I said, great spot, great food, great view as well. Yeah. The view is amazing. Yeah, the view is great. I just didn't have a good time playing there. That's okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, some That's days whatever. can be like that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> if you're a musician, you got to be prepared for, for those kind of days. Have you ever had problems like... Well, you did. Uh, spider. Yeah. Bugs, right? <laughs> yeah. I've played at some farmer's markets, too, where it's, like, super windy, and you're hearing the wind through the mic, and it's just like, oh, gosh. Yeah, sometimes indoors is preferable. Yes, absolutely. Especially <laughs> in 90-degree humid, humid weather. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> and here in central PA. But uh, – <laughs> Also coming out, twenty the the twenty third is your single. Yeah, man in my mind is gonna be dropping. You guys don't want to miss that one. It's gonna be awesome. And do you have a website or? or? I do. You do. Um, it's it's a one pager. If you search irenezdesign.com slash Alexia, but you can find me on Facebook. I got a music page, Instagram, all that cool stuff. Be sure to check her out there. If you want to follow us, we are on everywhere as well. I have a few more questions, though. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? Great question. I would say probably when you're booking gigs, Mm. you know, if the manager doesn't, contact you or call you it's because they literally don't have time so you got to be persistent for sure and when you're at a show try to talk to as many people as you can to gain fans absolutely and to help help with that uh booking process shout out stage rush have you ever heard of stage rush oh no no it's a great website uh founded here in lancaster where uh, artists and venues can go so you can sign up as an artist for free and you can apply to different uh, venues on there, like Tele360, uh, Fetish is on there, uh, like all these other great spots. I, I can go on and on um, about Stage Rush because it's a really cool thing where you can – it cuts out all the emailing and all the figuring out, okay, who's actually in charge of the booking here? Nice. <laughs> that's, if, you, if you're a musician, you know that's the most annoying part is yeah. trying to figure out who's who and who do I have to email or call to figure it out. Right. Stage Rush, you just go to this uh, whatever venue's profile and apply, and it's super simple. It's really, really UI-friendly, and I can't recommend them enough, and they don't pay me to say this. I just really like their product. So definitely check that check that out if you're a, a, an independent artist without a booking agent, for sure. It's, it's a lifesaver. What is one of the biggest mistakes that maybe you have made or you've seen other people make within the industry, and how can we uh, – curb that for the future generations hmm great question i don't know i don't think i've really made a big mistake per se that's good (laughs) thank god i don't know that's a hard one i guess you just have to be really communicative with whoever's trying to book you Absolutely. Just call them up, be consistent and persistent, and give them a copy of your CD. I know it's hard, but, you know, it's just a great way to promote yourself and get your music out there and just try to meet as many people as you can. And for for those who don't know, how, how did you go about making CDs for yourself? Yeah, so I use CD Baby as the music distributor and disc makers. That printing company is great if you want to... Uh, make hard copies, I would suggest disc makers. They are amazing, and the quality is fabulous. So you mentioned uh, you being a Christian. I don't I don't think we got around to this, but how, if, how, or um, if at all, has your faith been challenged within your, uh, within the music industry? 
A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think with rock and roll, somehow, I don't know why it's this way, but there are so many musicians who have, like, tragic things that happen to them. And, you know, I guess you just have to keep it all in perspective, like not get into the partying scene and just try to have an even keel with it. I can't tell you how many times I've been out and uh, people are smoking or drinking or whatever, and they're always mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Corey, you want to you want to puff or you want to drink?" And I'm right. like, "But the people who know me now know it's it's it's, it's a no, <laughs> right?" Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, that that is one of the harder parts because it, it is it's not granted. Uh, they're not peer pressury at all. Mm-hmm. It's, but it can feel like that. Everyone else is doing it. You want one? They don't say that, but it, that's what that's what it's like. Right. And um, especially if you're a people pleaser, <laughs> it's it's especially yeah. hard because you're like, yeah. But right. But you got to do what's best for you. And you got to stay strong in your principles too. You do, yeah, and that's so important to have those morals and keep those boundaries. In, in you. Yeah, yeah, boundaries. Yeah, you got to have boundaries with people. Especially, especially if you're playing at bars. If if a guy comes up to you and starts talking to you, you get it. Uh, say no, not right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. How can you? How? What is one thing that you recommend for all musicians to do to try? Whether they're guitar players, they're singers. I would say to just keep improving your craft. Never be satisfied. Keep learning new guitar techniques if you're a guitarist. Um, Broaden your soloing skills. Broaden your vocal skills. Mm. If you like singing and you mainly play an instrument, I would say try to integrate um, singing and vocals into your style because that just adds a whole other layer to it. And if you can write songs that's really cool and anybody who wants to write songs i think you just definitely should and even play other genres too that's another uh undervalued thing i think because nowadays everyone plays this genre and only that genre right but there's so much to learn from every single genre right Mm -hmm. blues and and uh like rock and all of these all of these genres today have extensive histories and extend and particular ways to play it right you got your 12 bar blues you got uh for for rock it's the one four five for jazz it's the two four five it's for for rap it's it's the minor one to the minor four or whatever have you it it's so incredibly versatile the 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 stuff you'll learn or pick up from other genres that you can just include into your own music and make it more of your own absolutely yeah every genre has a different rhythmic value to it and it's great to work within those different genres oh that's all that said it's been a lot of fun (laughs) it's been a great show thank you so much Corey, for having me on the story i have had a rocking time here yeah and be sure to check out alexia on all her spots is it alex is it alexia christian just alexia christian everywhere alexia christian be sure to check out her instagram her Facebook, her website. Most of, I think most of those those are in the description. If not, I'll add yeah. them for sure. If you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share with all your friends. If you really want to support us, you can give us reviews or rates or rate us anywhere you listen. If you listen on Spotify, please be sure to rate us. Do whatever you feel like we deserve. Obviously, if you're on Facebook, please review us. That's that is going to help us be boosted up in the algorithms. And show other people if you. So that's one way you can really help us. Another way you can uh, check out our shop. We have stickers, and we have shirts and hoodies with the first fifty guests on the back. The next fifty guests are going to be coming soon. Stay tuned for that. With all that said, check us out tomorrow. We have Caleb Stell, the violinist and music director. He's a part of Rascal Revival. And Monday we have Ben Brant Brant from the Soul Miners Union. And Tuesday, we have, I do believe it is the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame founder, owner, uh, Brandon Valentine. There's, we got a lot of people coming up this week. We got Mike Bits, awesome. if you know who that is. He's an awesome guitarist. He's played just about anywhere you can ever think. And 
Thursday, we have Chris Keeney, who's a returning guest on the show. And then the 16th, we have Logan Kurtuck. He's an awesome saxophone saxophone player from uh, Australia. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's wonderful. So stay tuned for all that. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See you guys later. Bye. Oh, that was.